Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Joe the Mouth right here, the Mouth on Sports, episode number three, week nine of the NFL. Got some things to recap there. Notre Dame and Clemson, what an amazing game. Remember to follow me on social media at underscore Joel the Mouth. If you have any questions, comments about the show, email me, joelthemouth at gmail.com. Where, oh, where do I begin on this football Monday? Some teams, some fans are just having those Monday blues. Other teams, other fans feel fantastic. I am of the part of the fantastic ones, being a Dolphins fan. If you're a Bills fan, you're elated at what happened. If you're a Charger fan, I'm so sorry once again for your loss. But where I start is with the Tampa Bay, should I say Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the evisceration that they got at the hands of Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. 31 nothing at halftime? 31 nothing. I wanted to turn it off so badly. It was just a terrible thing to watch. But being a Dolphin fan, I had to see for myself what was going on. Gronk looked like he hadn't played in the NFL in over a year. Tom Brady looked like a 43-year-old quarterback. Now, on the flip side, a lot of people were saying Drew Brees, oh, his shoulder, he can't throw long, he can't do this, he can't do that. That the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC, hands down. A lot of people questioned the move with Antonio Brown. Should have they got him? Should he even be allowed in the NFL? The morality of it. Lots of things were swirling around Tampa Bay. They were playing well. In my opinion, it was their division to lose, and believe you me, they lost it last night. For all of you who have followed Tom Brady for the 20 years of his NFL career, you have never, and I mean never, seen him have a game that bad in his entire career. Three interceptions. He looked lost out there. There was nothing Tampa Bay could do, and Drew Brees was Drew Brees. Long, short, intermediate. The Saints had it rolling. Sean Payton is a NFL first ballot Hall of Fame coach, period. And what the Saints' message was to the Buccaneers was, we're not done. We're just getting started. And let's remember, everybody, the NFL is not a marathon like MLB or like NHL or like any of those. You know, it it comes in quarters, comes in segments, four games, four games, four games, and four games. And you have to look at it a little bit differently. The adjustments made, there was no preseason to say, no really workouts. Things happen. And the Saints are now clicking at a time when they really need it. Michael Thomas is back. Kamara is playing well. That defense looked really, really solid last night. And I think, you know, Tampa Bay, you might have peaked too early. Now you might have a downturn. You've now lost the tiebreaker in the division. The Saints have swept you. And where do you go from here? Bruce Arians, what do you do? You know, you thought you had it all figured out. Now another wrench 
has been thrown into it. Does this mean Tom Brady is done? No, I'm not saying that. But I have to take joy in the fact that Tom Brady looked like an old man. Will it continue? We don't know. Will they gel again? We don't know. But what I know for a fact as a football fan, now, honestly, I'm an AFC guy, Dolphins, grew up in New York. I did watch the Jets and the Giants. Have more love toward the Jets, even though being a Dolphin fan, being here in Florida for the last 11 years, I've kind of gravitated toward the Dolphins. That's just the way it is. I was here when they had the 1-15 in season. So, you know, I'm a big Dolphin fan, but I'm a big AFC guy in general. And when you look at the NFC, and I look at it objectively, you look at the Bucks, you look at the Saints, you look at the Seahawks. Hell, even though they lost yesterday, you can look at the Cardinals, the Packers. That division is so wide open that it's baffling. You don't know week to week what you're looking at, what's going to happen, who's going to do what. The Bears. Some people, if you're a Bear fan specifically, look at them as a great team. I look at them as a lucky team. Their luck ran out against Tennessee again. You look at San Francisco. Injuries have ravaged them. You look at the Rams. Interesting dynamic. Lost to Miami. Where? What are they about? Seattle just lost to the Buffalo Bills, which we'll get to later in the show. But the NFC is so interesting. And, you know, a lot of people counted out the Saints, threw Drew Brees under the bus, but it hasn't happened. They may have just re-energized themselves with this glorious, victorious, denouncing, trouncing, whatever adjective, verb, noun, whatever you want to use to describe what they did. They were firing on all cylinders. They looked great. And I think it's going to be interesting now. We're we're at a, bit, a little bit about the halfway season of the NFL. And you just wonder. You know, the Falcons, they're nothing. They got a good win last week. But, I mean, you really look at the NFC, and it's like taking Yahtzee. You know, Yahtzee's played with five dice, and you have a scorecard. You roll the dice, and you, you put what you got out there, and whatever happens, happens. And that's kind of what, what's the NFC going to be about. You know, when we get later in the season, when you roll those dice, who's who's going to come up Yahtzee? What team is going to be able to put a solid product out there week in and week out from now until playoff time? We could say now it's the Saints. We could say Green Bay beating up on a depleted Packers. Uh, I'm sorry. Green Bay beating up on a depleted 49ers team is all Yahtzee. We could say that. However, I think the Saints have a good argument. They look like the Saints. They look like that team that a lot of people picked before the start of the regular season to prevail in the NFC. Will it happen? Who knows? It's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Because if Drew Brees has had that woke moment, the Saints could be tough. I mean, that defense looked stout, 
everything they did worked last night. Rain, wind, whatever excuses you want to make for the old man, it just didn't happen. And a lot of people were thinking, and a lot of people said this, Mike Tomlin, the Steelers coach of an undefeated team going into the week, could have a trap game against the Cowboys. And nobody was really talking about Bruce Arians and how they got their asses kicked at the beginning of the season by the Saints. Tampa Bay was riding that wave of being awesome. Everyone was talking about them going to the Super Bowl. Tom Brady looks like he's 23, not 43. What happened? What happened was the NFL. And the ebbs and flows of the season. You could be up one week. You could be down the next week. That's just the way it goes. But it is now, to me, such an exciting race in the NFC. Four or five teams, I think, have a legitimate shot of getting there. Now, on the flip side, you look at the AFC, and we'll get there shortly. But it was a tremendous game. Uh, the way the Saints just dominated it start to finish, they had no chance. No chance at all for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I can't believe I'm saying that because, you know, as much as I said that I'm a Dolphins fan, I understand the greatness and the respect that comes with Tom Brady. I do. I truly do. Just like I'm a Mets fan. And I, over the years, grew a disdain for the Yankees. And I grew a disdain when they were winning championship after championship. Just like I'm sure a lot of you grew a disdain for Tom Brady. But the one thing is respect. As a sports fan, even if you loathe a team, if you truly are a sports fan and you understand it, you respect greatness. I grew up on Long Island in the 90s. And I love Patrick Ewing, John Starks, Charles Oakley. I hated Michael Jordan, but I respect him. Again, Mets fan, Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. I respected those guys. You know, I respect Tom Brady, but I like to see him fall. I like to see him jump off that cliff, and it was great to see. The evisceration of the Buccaneers was amazing. And I loved every minute of it. And now I'm just so much more enthralled into the NFC and to see what's going to happen. Russ, top five MVP candidate. Jared Goff having a good season. Aaron Donald, could some people say he's MVP candidate. We'll have to see what happens in the NFC. But now it is wide open, makes it more interesting, and that's great. That starts my level one of fantasticness, happiness, for the week nine NFL season. Now, this brings me to my next point. Remember, at underscore Joel the Mouth, the mouth on sports right here on Anchor. Joel the Mouth at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concern about the show. Love always to hear your input. Let's get to my, your Miami Dolphins. All you Dolphin fans out there, you are just so elated on this Monday. You are walking on cloud nine. This has been a long time coming. 
You remember that one in 15 season? You remember the Nick Saban debacle? The Adam Gase crumbling? The, oh, let's move Ryan Tannehill because he sucks, not the coach. How is that gone? Remember all these quarterbacks? Jay Feely, Chad Pennington, Dante Culpepper. Not once have I mentioned Dan Marino because Dan Marino is greatness. Now, going into the draft, it was Justin Herbert. It was Tua. Who are the Dolphins going to take? What's going to happen? There are question marks with Tua. Justin Herbert, what he is doing with the Chargers is amazing. Fitz started the season. Kept the Dolphins in the games. One of the games. You know, going into yesterday, they were putting a three-game winning streak on the line. Trying to go for four straight. Hasn't happened in ages. And Tua and Brian Flores delivered. I mean, Tua, 20 of 28, 248 and two touchdowns? That's amazing. He was making the throws he needed to make, controlling that offense, being the field general he needs to be. Oh, not to mention, he ran the ball. They didn't have designed runs. It wasn't like what the Cardinals did where you knew Kyler Murray was going to run and you were like, oh my God, is the defense going to react? Tua made those runs happen. He was getting hammered. And he got up. He is healthy. He looks like the guy who won a national championship in Alabama. He looks like the guy who you can finally say is a franchise quarterback. I said it. Dare I say it? I did. Watching Dolphin games over the last years, there's no hope. There's no culture. It's a losing culture. It's, well, let's go next year. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's not Dan Marino. Tua isn't Dan Marino. He is just as good or will be better. Look at the skill set. Look at some of the passes he put on the mark. The pass to Collins. Before Williams got hurt, those passes to him. He has it in him. And by the way, you Tua haters, which to me is unfathomable, because how could you hate a guy who's so electric, who does so many things on the field, you just can't help but enjoy it. You can't. And I know, I'm looking down at my watch, and all you haters out there, look on your watch. You know what time it is? It's two a time. All day, every day, baby. And you could say, granted, Kyler Murray ran rough shot on the Dolphins' defense. Didn't look as good as it had previously. I agree. But when it mattered the most, that fourth down, Dolphins stopped them. Well, well, Mouth, you know, you didn't really win the game as the Cardinals kicker missed the kick. Okay, great. But we wouldn't be in that position had it not been for the defensive stop and it had not been for Tua. Period. He looks great. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do moving forward. Because last week, the Tua haters were like, oh, the defense, the Miami defense, won the game for you. Great. Tua didn't even throw for 100 yards. But this week... It was a shootout. It was put in his hands. Yeah, he made some mistakes. 
He did. You know, that throw out of bounds that could have been an interception. Bad call. Took a couple sacks. Okay, at least he didn't throw interceptions. It's positive there. So you just grow from that. And, you know, talking about growing, next week, on the 15th, in Miami, at Hard Rock Stadium, you got Justin Herbert versus Tua. How amazing does that get? I know as a football fan, not just as a Dolphin fan, but I am looking forward to that. Justin Herbert has been playing like a top 10 quarterback. It hasn't been completely his fault about the way the Chargers have lost. That's another conversation for later in the show. But it's going to be interesting to see the dynamics of both of these guys on the line facing off against each other. I can't wait. And again, what I also can't elaborate on the most is culture. You know, a lot of people talk about it. Look at when New England was losing. Look at when, you know, great team before Pete Carroll got to Seattle. You know, before front office took over at the 49ers. You know, they some of the franchises were good, but the culture wasn't good. And you really look at what Brian Flores is doing and his staff, and it, it's tremendous. And I can't help but applaud the Dolphins finally after years of misery for myself and the rest of the fan base of the team. It's a tremendous thing. And I hats off to Tua, to Brian Flores, to everybody in that organization. You're making the Dolphins relevant again. Is this their division to win? I don't think so. I think the Bills and Josh Allen still have a little bit on them. I mean, you look at some of the schedule, you do have the Chiefs in your way, you do have the Raiders, and you have the Bills at the end of the season. You know, so there are some interesting games sprinkled into there. I think 10 wins is more than achievable for that Dolphin team. You got the Chargers toss-up. You know, you got the Patriots sprinkled in there. They should easily handle them. You got the Bengals in there as well. That's an interesting game with Joe Burrow. He was able to beat Tennessee. So, you know, you look at the Dolphin team, you look at their schedule. I'd like 10 wins. Hell, I would like 11 wins. I'd like you to shock either the Chiefs or, or the Bills, to be honest with you. You know, we sprinkle in the Raiders again, the Chargers. But I don't think it's impossible. And I think... There is a more sense of optimism to this rest of this season than the Dolphins has seen in a long time. And I give you every right, every reason to feel that way. So Dolphin fans, stay positive, stay happy, and let's keep kicking ass and taking names. At underscore Joel the Mouth, follow me on Twitter, JoelTheMouth at gmail.com. You want to comment for the show. But let's see some of the other things in the NFL that I found interesting. And you you look at what the Bills did. You look at what Josh Allen did. 415 yards, three touchdowns in a shootout against Seattle, whose defense is so porous. It's unbelievable. And you look at the way Josh Allen played at the first four games of the season and the way he has been playing. He looked like the old version of Josh Allen. 
and it was great to see. And I, I wish the fans up there in Buffalo could be doing Bill's Mafia stuff, jumping off tables, tailgating, having fun, making that experience great. Because, man, it, must, it would have been amazing to see there. And yes, Bills fans, the defense doesn't look as good or as promising as a lot of people thought. But if Josh Allen can do Josh Allen things, it's money. And the Bills are at the top of that division. The Patriots are looking down. They have the lowly Jets tonight. I'm not even going to bother watching that game. I mean, the toilet bowl, the shit show, whatever you want to say, it's fine. The Jets are out of it. The Patriots are out of it. I'm, I'm sweeping the Patriots under the rug. But Bills fans, be happy, man. Go celebrate. Go eat a bunch of chicken wings. Jump through a table in your backyard. Josh Allen is back. I think he went through his lull. I think he knows what he needs to do to lead his team. And I think, Bills fans, you could win a home playoff game this year. Absolutely. I think, you know, you especially with what happened with the Chiefs on Sunday, which we're going to get to here in a minute, I mean, the blueprint is there for anyone in the AFC. Not anyone. I'm sorry. That's too broad of a statement. But I think there are three teams in the AFC that kind of can look at the blueprint of what is going on and find a way to maybe make it happen. To maybe make it happen. And that segues me into this. You look at the Chiefs. And I, I know the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. I understand that. When Patrick Mahomes is on the field, he is the MVP. No question there. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is last year, when you looked at this Chiefs team, there wasn't many chinks in the armor. There wasn't many ways to go about beating them. Their defense, a little suspect. But nobody seemed to have an answer for that offense. So if you... You know, your offense scored, you you got a chink in their defense. Who's stopping Patrick Mahomes? Who's stopping that big play last year? Nobody. 49ers couldn't do it in the Super Bowl. Nobody could do it in the AFC. This year, however, the Chargers almost beat them. The Raiders did beat them. Carolina, and here's the question. And remember, you can answer this question on Twitter, at underscore Joel the Mouth. Are the Chiefs have those chinks, or was Carolina better than we gave them credit for? That's my my question, my burning question, because you, you look at me, at to me, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Buffalo Bills, The Ravens, they need to win one or two more, especially from a come-from-behind thing, because I don't think Lamar Jackson is the same player he was last year as he is this year. But you look at the Steelers, and you look at the Bills. And personally, I look at the Steelers specifically, and Ben Roethlisberger coming back like nothing ever happened to him. But, and again, I'm not saying the Chiefs aren't the best team, but I think there's ways to beat them. Not like as many as there was you know, last year, because there wasn't. They dominated, put those points up, but they're not doing it this year. You know, Christian McCaffrey kept them in the game. Teddy Bridgewater kept them in the game. McCaffrey is a top running back in the league, granted. Teddy Bridgewater, he's an average quarterback at best. A 
missed field goal that would have tied in and, well, beat an NFL record is what stood in the way of a victory for the Carolina Panthers. AFC, I think it's three teams. Steelers, Bills, Chiefs. Ravens, prove to me something. Prove something to me. Titans, I'm sorry. I just don't think you're at that level. Um, That's just my personal opinion with that. Before we get into the MVP talk, again, follow me on Twitter at underscore Joel the Mouth. I need to address something twofold. Number one, Anthony Lynn and what's going on in San Diego is an embarrassment. They have overtaken the Falcons as the biggest choke artists in the NFL right now. I mean, how many last-second touchdowns can a team get that gets called back? I mean, I, I went back and I heard the audio of the Charger guy after they had scored the touchdown, and he said, what in the world? How many touchdowns can I call that get called back? That's just the way it is. Is it bad coaching? Yes, absolutely. Justin Herbert is playing balls to the wall all out, giving you everything he has to even be able to throw that pass to be able to win the game. Unbelievable. Two weeks in a row, you lose on the final play of the game? It's beyond inexplicable. So, I thought about something. And it just happened to coincide. Something happened on Saturday. Something happened on Sunday. What happened on Saturday is Jim Harbaugh. I probably pronounced that wrong. Harbaugh. Lost to Indiana. Top 15 team. But Michigan shouldn't be losing to that team. His contract ends at the end of the season. I believe after this loss, terrific, terrific, horrible, whatever, whatever, once again, loss that Michigan had to Indiana, that the writing has to be on the wall. Jim has to be out at Michigan. And I think he wants to go back west, get on that Oregon trail and go back out west. He had great success at Stanford, great success with the 49ers. And you know who's on the west coast? The Los Angeles Chargers with a great young quarterback, a great core team, who was ravaged by injuries, who could use someone like him. Anthony Lynn, I'm sorry, man. You got to go. Bring Jim to Los Angeles. The fans will love it. It will energize him, reinvigorate him into coaching. West Coast, sunny, happiness, young team, great defense. Bring on Harbaugh. Just saying. There's nobody else out there who could do something. I mean, look what he did with the 49ers. Had it not been for the blackout in the Super Bowl, they could have won that Super Bowl. I personally think, you know, with Michigan, he never had that great quarterback. He's always had great defenses. He's been doing good things with those defenses. He's never got over that hump beating Ohio State. But put him in an NFL system with somebody like Herbert? He'll thrive. He'll thrive. That's my personal opinion. That's how I I, kind of believe that. Um, Anthony Lynn, I'm sorry. Good night. Last 
two topics of the show. I'm going to stay with the NFL, then I'm going to follow up and finalize with college football again on Twitter, at underscore Joel the Mouth. MVP. Most valuable player. You look at it right now, a lot of people, four or five guys in the mix. Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, Allen, some throw Donald in there. Um, I kind of look at it, and I love Rodgers. I always love Aaron Rodgers. I think he kind of has a chip on his shoulder this year. But what I can't ignore, albeit the Panthers stuck in that game, like I said earlier, when Patty Mahomes is on the field, he is the MVP. He is the reason they won that game. You look at Russell Wilson throwing bombs, touchdown records, doing everything he can to, to lead his team, most valuable of his team. The Josh Allen, you have that gap, that small four-game gap where he didn't perform, yet his team won. How do you rank it? I'm going Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, Allen. That's just me. That's just me. I got 30 seconds left to go because I only got 30 minutes in the show. Notre Dame won. Big win. Trevor Lawrence will be back for the ACC championship game. I'm out. This is Joel the Mouth. We'll talk next time. At underscore Joel the Mouth. Hit me up on Twitter. Peace.